as we get older, we kind of have that mentality of, I'm not going to really care what people think. I'm going to be more open to things. And it's still hard and it's still scary, but I think that's key. Welcome to another episode of Dear Nina, conversations about friendship. I'm your host, Nina Badson. Today, I have three guests to address a friendship issue I get many emails about from listeners and readers in their 40s, 50s, and beyond who feel stuck in a rut with their friendships. People who feel they want to make new friends, but they say it's too late or it's too hard, it's too intimidating, and they just don't know where to start. I believe it's never too late to make new friends, which is why I invited Carolyn, Kristen, and Michelle, the hosts of the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast, to tell us how they became good friends in only the last handful of years, what these new friendships have meant to them in a new stage of life, and what advice they have for others who want to bring new people into their orbits. Before I let them say hi and tell us their story, though, I want all my listeners to know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society is a podcast dedicated to preserving the pop culture nuggets of our Gen X childhoods. Carolyn, Kristen, and Michelle do deep dives into topics such as Barry Manilow, Tiger Beat, The Blue Lagoon, The Love Boat, Solid Gold, Saturday Night Fever, and more. They do extensive research and their friendship really shines through on the podcast. And I know them. We all live in Minneapolis and The fact that I know them, I think, might factor into their friendship story. I expect it to. If not, I'm going to demand some credit. And I'm going to let you hear directly from them. Hi, ladies. Nina. I've never done an interview, you guys, with three people. But I know it's something you're used to because you have really cool guests on your podcast. Mm -hmm. So you're used to having several people on your screen. Where I want to start is tell me what it was like meeting new people, how you met. And I know you guys have probably thought about how you want to tell your story. So I'm just going to hand it to you. Well, I think I've cracked the code. Let's just get to the end of the podcast right now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I cracked the code because my friendship with Carolyn and Michelle is a good example of how finding important people in your 50s differs from what it's like in your teens and your 20s and maybe even your 30s. It seems like when you're in your teens and your 20s, so much of finding friends is dependent on fun or it circulates around fun. It's around social events, socializing. You find people who maybe have the same kind of sense of humor. You laugh over the same things. You like to do the same things and go to the same places. But when you're in your 50s, that changes dramatically. I can't go to a party anymore and have a conversation with somebody and go, oh, I really vibed on her. I'm going to ask her out for coffee. That doesn't happen. It's too loud. I'm irritated. I want to go home. I want to watch TV in my jammies. So I always just, talk about things being too loud. I like too loud. the noise. Yes. How do you get close to somebody when it's too loud? Mm-hmm. What happens in your 50s, at least this is what has happened for me in my experience, is that you find important people by doing things that are important to you and you find people who care about something. So the perfect example is the writing group that Nina started six Which years I ago. Which I didn't even mention in the intro because I was hoping That's one right. of you would pat oh, me on the gosh, back. gosh, yes. Yes, because what happened with that writing group is, and these guys can speak for themselves, I joined that writing group not to find people, not to make friends, but to do something important for myself. And in that writing group, we share things. We share our writing. It gets very personal, very fast, and you get very close to people. And so our podcast grew out of that writing group. That was the foundation of it because we already knew each other's personal lives. Whether or not we had done anything outside of writing group, we had already cried in front of each other, essentially. 
that has been replicated in other parts of my life. It's when I've joined something. Here's another good example. At my kid's school, there were budget cuts and they closed the library. And so a group of parents were like, this is not acceptable. And over five years time, some outraged people came together and created a library from scratch. And those people are now really important part of my circle. And I didn't find them until I was like 48 years old. If you care about something with the same people, it would make sense that it would bridge to a friendship. I do want to stop for a moment to say that the writing group that Kristen is referring to is housed at Modern Well. And the groups were co-founded with Julie Burton. We created these writing groups together. And when we created them, we also were new friends. It's like a friendship story that begets a friendship story. We had really just met and been introduced because we were both writers. We both had four kids and we're about 10 years apart. We became close and she came up with this idea like, do you want to start writing groups? We didn't know if it would just be a one-time thing. We created something that lasted about eight weeks. And then a lot of the people signed up again. So we started a second day for more people to come and people from that group have become friends too. And well, so let's hear a little more. So you met Michelle and Carolyn by signing up for something that you were doing really for you. It wasn't for necessarily me. to make friends. And it was the point that I'm really trying to make is that this was something very meaningful to me. This was not for fun. This was something that was very important to me. And the other people who showed up, it was important to them. So it's yes. kind of like this mentality of being in the trenches together. And that's where my relationships are growing from right now is people that I meet in the trenches, not in a social situation. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And I want to add, you know, my 40s and 50s, one of the gifts of aging, so to speak, is my willingness to take some chances and to step outside of my comfort zone and do things that might make me feel a little uncomfortable at first, but I, I kind of have a little bit more of motivation to do them. And so when I turned 50, I went to a writer's retreat in California and I didn't know a soul. And it was a pretty powerful experience. Fast forward a few months later after I'm home, I find out about the writing group that we were just talking about. And I thought, I'm going to go. I don't know anyone in this group, but I love to write. Obviously, they do too. That is something I did know. And so I, I went and Life has never been the same, you guys. Um, <laughs> to echo what Kristen said, yes, when you follow your heart, I mean, this thing that is speaking to you saying, do this, and you take that chance, which again, I think is a gift that has come to me as I've gotten into my 40s and 50s. And I take these chances and lo and behold, we're sitting here, the three of us, and we have a podcast. So mm -hmm. it's... Um, Taking those chances has been a big part mm -hmm. of why I'm here and why these women are my friends. Carolyn, how far into our group did you come in? I know Michelle came in last, but it was already functioning when you signed up. Yes. Right? So that's hard too. That takes some takes some courage. Without a doubt. Yeah. I turned 50 in 2015, right? So um it would have been maybe 2016 is when I joined. The group. So I'm not sure. Did you guys start in 2015? I think yeah, it was I think 2015. We but like <laughs> the fall okay, of okay. 2015. So you weren't too far behind. No, but still, that's intimidating. You don't know, yeah. you know, everybody knows the ropes, they know each other. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to remember everyone's names? And thank goodness in the beginning, we did have little name things yep. that you had. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd write down like cute hair, Kristen. Same. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like likes, you know, something. So and when funny. she said in the group that, um, I said something about Earl Hamner from the Waltons and Kristen's <laughs> eyes just lit up. And she's like, you know who Earl Hamner is? So do I. And I who knows like, who Earl Hamner is? I know. It's like just I the don't. two of us. That's it. <laughs> He's exactly. the creator of the Waltons. And yeah, so those kind of moments led to this. 
it is hard to believe that there was a time when people didn't know each other's names. And I remember I used to have everybody bring their name tag thing in, but then people would forget them. So finally, and this is so typical of me, right? Finally, I was like, no, you leave them here. I will bring them every time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is typical. Teacher Nina. Nina. Yeah. Nina's our mom. And- And I'm going to, actually, this is fitting that I'm going third Mm -hmm. and piggybacking on what Kristen and Carolyn said, because I did take a really big chance for me to join this very established writing group three years ago in March. I can't believe it's only been three years ago, you guys. I I feel like I've known you guys for so long. But despite some very ingrained new girl insecurities that I'd had for my whole life, I went to nine schools in 12 years as a child. And when I joined the writing group, I had no idea it was such an established group. In fact, I can assure you, had I known, I never, ever would have come. But I did. And I quickly learned right away that everybody had been friends for like three, at the time, I think three or four years. Everybody knew each other's names, Carolyn. I oh, yeah. Was, no more name tags. I don't think <laughs> no we more name tags. Yeah. No, I was making the same types of lists in my notebook. And then I, I can't believe I came back a second time. And when I did, everybody was in a different chair. And I around the table, and I was like, "Oh man, I had I had like written down everybody's names around you know a little table drawing on my notebook. I felt so out of place. I was fifty years old, just fifty. I was so out of place and so uncomfortable. I planned to quit every week, but I didn't. And why didn't I quit? One, the women were so lovely and kind and incredibly motivating with what they were accomplishing that I really felt like I had a need to surround myself with that energy, basically. And two, I felt an intrinsically personal connection with some of the people. I had immediately struck up kind of a karma-like friendship with Carolyn, like like on day one, and very quickly felt a definite connection to Kristen, just from listening to her read and just from the, the conversations like she and Carolyn were having or she and other people were having. But I was really hesitant to act on that one. Kristen, I think you scared me a little bit. Nina scared me a lot. <laughs> I do that. I'm so <laughs> Nina scared me. I've told so Nina that scary. before. And um, I remember, oh, I yeah, it. I love Nina so much. But man, Nina, that first, like those few, few months, I was like, it was like the scary teacher. Well, I have um, to keep everyone in line. But That's you right. do. You do. But. The thing is, you guys, is I knew these were my people, but I just didn't know how to break in still. And it's uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable for about a year. I mean, I'm talking a year. It was uncomfortable. I was daring myself to go back, but I did. I kept going back. I kept coming back. And I am so, so grateful to myself for that because now not only do I have this podcast and this incredible friendship with Carolyn and Kristen, I have other great friendships in the writing group. So it's, I I can't tell you how many times I'm thankful for all of the the friends that I have there, the support that we have. It all comes down to taking a chance and taking a risk and being uncomfortable. I think that's something that is hard to do no matter how old you are. But I do think that as we get older, we kind of have that mentality of, I'm not going to really care what people think. You know, I'm going to be more open to things and it's still hard and it's still scary, but I think that's key. Well, good segue to the next piece that takes some courage. There's the showing up to the thing, especially in in the case of Carolyn at first and then Michelle, the thing that has already been ongoing and now people are getting to know each other. And Kristen, too, some courage to what is this thing? I mean, you were there like the very first day before it was even. (laughs) We talk about it like that's this special magical thing, but it wasn't special magical on day one. It it got over time. And so you were there to help make it special and magical. But then there's liking someone and there's 
seeing them outside of class. That Those are two separate things. Coming every week in a place where you, there's already on the schedule, nobody had to make the plan. Like Julie and I made the plan. We decided when you guys were coming to get together, right? And we would take these breaks and then we would sign up for a new session. And you always kind of know that you're going to see these people. It's taking it outside of the classroom, which turns it into casual, you know, nice friends, people you really like to see, writing friends, we call each other probably. Then how do you get to that next step? I mean, my entire catalog of podcasts is really about this question, but I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear individual stories. So who made the first move? I want, before we talk about the first move, I want to challenge you a little bit on that, taking it to the next level or taking it outside of class, because there are plenty of people in the writing group that I don't see outside of class. I still consider them very close friends of mine because I know they have my back. Oh, yeah. And we had intimate conversations. Very much, very much. And so I want to encourage people that if you join something and you do something that's important to you, you can consider those times together when you're in the trenches as your friendship. You can keep it there if you want to. If there are some people that will want to take it further or do social things or do other things together. But there are many people in that group that I'm like, we are friends because I see you every Thursday and I cherish our time together. Yeah. I don't consider that a challenge really, just because yeah. you know, I, I'm like the first to defend even, well, you're talking about a real friendship and mm-hmm. it is, but even if it weren't, even if it was like just a really nice acquaintanceship, I'm all about that too. Yeah. I think there's a, an important place in life and it's a huge part of what we all missed in COVID. Now we all still were together on Zoom, which is great. But for people who didn't have a class that could be on Zoom, like gosh, did people miss those relationships? They really did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to this yeah. particular friendship that did come outside the classroom. Carolyn, do you want to tell her about our first date? Yes. I th- because of the Earl Hamner comment, I think I knew that Kristen and I shared some affinity to some of the fun things that were on TV or on the radio in the 70s. And when we heard that Mary Tyler Moore had passed away, that was a really emotional time here, obviously, in Minneapolis for many reasons. And also for those of us who grew up with that as a staple of our weekend television watching with our families. And Mary obviously means a lot to the three of us, but one of the radio stations was doing a gathering where everyone was going to do the hat toss and we were going to sing the Mary Tyler Moore song. It was supposed to be outside. Weather was bad. It was in the IDS building. And I said to Kristen, like, I think we should go. I'd never seen her outside of a writer's group, but I just knew already that we had this shared love of Mary and this pop culture moment. So indeed we went and, oh my gosh, you guys, there is nothing like singing that song together and then tossing your hat in the air. It was emotional and I shared it with Kristen. So Mm -hmm. it just like elevated Mm -hmm. that friendship. This was a really big jump. And I want (laughs) to, I want to piggyback on the Mary Tyler Moore thing, because when we do this thing outside of class, this was not a social event. This was a meaningful event to both yes, of us. Yes. Mary Tyler Murray died and we were sad. And so, you know, she stuck her neck out. She was like, do you want to be sad together? And we did. It was really <laughs> emotional. So then a short time later, I noticed that this is so embarrassing. This is so, no, it's, it's not, not, it's not embarrassing. It. It's I'm just thinking of the people out there who don't live in our world. So I saw that my first boyfriend, Sean Cassidy, was going to be <laughs> having a concert for the first time since 1979 at a tiny winery in California. This thing came over me like, I need to go. This is important. And so I took that information to writing group because a lot of my writing has to do with childhood crushes or, or these popular culture things that Caroline was talking about. And so I brought this to my writing group and I said, you know, there's anybody out there who wants to go with me. Ha ha. 
Were you planning to go alone? Oh, hell yeah. Other? I was going okay, so That's myself. so cool. You were already going to go alone, but you said it in class. Like, yes. This was, yeah. again, not a social event. This was something that was meaningful. And I put the invitation out there because I would like to go with somebody else, but I never in a million years imagined that anyone would say yes. And Carolyn said, I'm going with you. Love it. Yeah. And so now we're traveling together and <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. sharing a hotel room together. And driving to unknown places, this is not like downtown LA where you're going to get in an Uber. We had to <laughs> rent a car and drive to some little town in central California. Like, where the hell are we? <laughs> right. It was a big jump. It's like we really took it to the next level. There is no yeah. better way to become close friends with someone than to share a hotel room <laughs> yes. and bathroom and <laughs> all of that. And meanwhile, I'm, this is only a month after I've started writing group. So I'm still in that. I'm not coming back. I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Like I said, I had already clicked with Carolyn. I knew we had this big fangirling thing in common and this big love of um, the things from our childhood and entertainment, you know, weekly <laughs> and TV shows and award shows and Disney. And I mean, we had just struck up this um, great friendship in a very short time contained at writing group. You know, yeah. I was excited to see Carolyn when I'd go back to writing group because I hadn't had that type of a conversation with anyone else. And then, you know, three, four weeks in Kristen is saying, who wants to go see Sean Cassidy? And I pretty much had to sit on my hands oh. and, you know, in hindsight, it's like, Michelle, why didn't you raise your hand and say, I'll go and take that chance. I was still spinning from the chance I had taken just to be sitting in that seat and writing group that there was, you know, again, my new girl insecurities, there was no way I was going to put myself out there even further and say, I'll travel across the country with you too. Cause my first thought was that they would look at me and say, oh, oh, that new girl's going to come, you know, it's oh, so we don't natural. want the new girl. That's such a natural feeling. I'm glad you're sharing it. I think over that summer, Carolyn and I, might maybe we met for lunch. I remember then, um, was it that summer that we went and saw Dax, you guys? Oh, I, can't I do think that so. Too. Carolyn, for those of you listening, Carolyn's boyfriend, her number one <laughs> hall pass is Dax Shepard. And he was doing his armchair expert tour and he was coming to Minneapolis. And Carolyn and I had enough of a friendship now that she knew that I was going to be all over this. So I remember you texted me, would you want to go? Let's get a group together. And I jumped on the ticket thing. I got the tickets first. And I was just so excited to be part of this group, you know, like to be part of this. And we went and that's when I sat next to Nina. We all went to dinner first. And that was the first time that I was like, oh my God, she is not scary at all. She is lovely. (laughs) She's a real person. Like I left like, wow, I really like Nina. Like that was, I had such a great conversation with her and she wasn't scaring me at all. I respected you. It was like an intimidation. You are in charge of that run group. You keep us all on our two minutes. So it was more like the teacher you respect, but you kind of are intimidated by. But yeah, so then the Dax Shepard thing happened. I think that was it. That had to have been before 2020. That had to have been oh, definitely. 2019. Yeah. 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 And then once I got really comfortable in writing group, everything shut down and I we went on Zoom. And this is where the podcast is born, mm-hmm. right? Like you guys, it's, yeah. it's COVID times. Everyone's stuck at home. We're connecting on Zoom. What exactly was the seed mm-hmm. to go from you guys have a lot of cultural references that you all like to actually creating a project around it. Because Carolyn and I had taken this crazy trip to Sean Cassidy and came back and like basically did a book report on it for the group. (laughs) Michelle got a job writing a piece about fangirling after 50. So who do you think she's going to (laughs) call? She's going to call the people who jumped on a plane to go see Sean Cassidy. Yes. Perfect. 
I wanted some quotes for my article to just make it a little bit more rich. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to call Carolyn and Kristen Zoom. This was in, you know, August of 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Zoom with Carolyn and Kristen just to pick their brains and get some good sound bites. Basically, that conversation took on a life of its own. We Zoomed for maybe mm-hmm. two hours. And it, did we even talk about the article? I don't know. We just mm-hmm. quickly got into talking about the crushes, Tiger Beat, our childhoods. It went from then to toys we played with, shows we watched, things we loved. We had a really, really great conversation. It was so fun. And all of those things are connected to us really, really personally. So it's not just that we're pop culture fiends. It's that there's a nostalgia within us that sort of connects us to our younger selves. And that younger self relates to who we are now, especially as 50-year-old women. We're much more in touch with our younger selves now than we were in our 30s, which is very, really very freeing. And so these conversations became very personal, very fast. It's not just like, don't you love Mary Tyler Moore? It relates to our families and our siblings and how and who we became today. And so I always say that the three of us became familial super fast Mm -hmm. because it's a concentrated version of our writing group where you reveal yourself on a daily basis. And that's how you become close. Yeah. The vulnerability right away. Mm -hmm. Right. And being seen. I think that was one of the neat things about that conversation and everything that's come since then. And I was so invigorated and excited at the end of that conversation, I said, you guys, we're going to start a podcast. And I don't even care if anyone listens like that. I was having so much fun and just learning so much. And that was kind of a little bit of the seed that I planted. Another friendship question I have for the three of you in terms of becoming friends a little later in life is how do you find it has fit like these new friendships and, and not even just with each other, but maybe ones you have had with other people too. How does it mesh with the friends you already have, with your spouses? Have you met each other's kids? Like, let's talk about that a little bit, just how it fits into the rest of your life. Because sometimes that is an impediment to new friendship is it can get sort of stuck as a side thing that doesn't get integrated. It doesn't have to get integrated, but... Yeah, there's um, no side thing. I mean, that's yeah. that's another thing where I don't necessarily... I have my friends from the library. I have my friends from college. I have my friends in the neighborhood. I have my friends in writing group. I have my friends in my podcast. Because these aren't social things, because these are all things that are very personal to me, there's not a lot of mixing. There's no requirement for it to be mixing. Now, if I had a, you know, a big birthday party and everyone's coming to celebrate me or hello, book launch party. Yeah. All those people would come together and they would all have a wonderful time and they would all love each other because they all love me. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) that being said, no, I don't mix them. Right. All of them are personal in and of themselves. Even our husbands, our husbands have met, we've met our children. We love, you know, we love each other's children. We love hearing stories about each other's children. But we are, I said yesterday, this is my social life. When Mm -hmm. I see these guys on Zoom or in person, whether we're planning something, creating something, working on something, that is my social life. And so I don't need to take it anywhere else. There are no boundaries around it by any means, but that it flourishes where it is. And I love it the way it is. And, And to your point too, Kristen, my other friends, it's a separate thing. I do have other friends though, in other States that I've had for decades that listen to the podcast and that have said to me, I want to like, come sit in. I want to be friends with all of you. Like they've known me for decades, but now they feel like they know Kristen and Carolyn, either if that's just because of how we present ourselves on the podcast or because they've known me. And so by association, they feel like they know Kristen and Carolyn who on the podcast sound like they know, you know, so it's, I think it's just, 
it's all inclusive. It's all our welcome mm-hmm. here. It just yeah. happens to be the way that we all live our lives now. Everything is kept kind of separately. One final question that kind of relates to something Michelle just said about friends being interested in the podcast. I'm just always curious about that, which is a little separate from the three of you becoming good friends. But do your other friends have interest in your podcast? I can ask myself the same question, by the way. <laughs> and I have strong feelings and I've written things about being careful to not expect you know, friends to get on board with like every project you have going on. But I, what has the response been like? I think the three of us too had a little, um, at least I did, trepidation of like, oh, please listen. You know, there's that kind of awkwardness. So a lot of my friends have kind of found it in a way organically, like I'll put it on Instagram or whatever. And yeah, I've gotten some really neat comments and calls. And I also have to say for myself, as well as our listeners, we've heard from people reconnecting with old friends. Like we are bringing up a memory that somebody may have forgotten or they remembered, oh, I did that with so-and-so. I wonder what she's up to or he's up to. And that's happened with me, with especially with some high school friends. And that's been a really unexpected gift from this. Plus the new friends that we have made too, because we know in this community, Community that we have the shared interest. And we had one listener who talked about taking chances, flew to Chicago to meet up with us to go to a concert. And now he is a great friend and has um, mm-hmm. helped us a lot. So the whole friendship thing in the podcast, it has um, a few different arms and they've all been so life-giving and affirming to me. So I'm just super grateful for that opportunity. And I, I'm really thinking about your advice, Nina, on this, because it's really holding true where some of my friends are all in waiting for that episode to drop every Monday. They listen to every single episode. And then I have some who are never going to listen. And some of that might be that they don't like podcasts. Some of them might not understand the degree to which I've jumped into this project. And maybe that's because I'm holding my cards a little close to my chest. Like Carolyn said, I'm not necessarily saying, hey, you got to listen to my podcast. It's all over the map, but I listen to you, Nina, and I do not take it personally. This is just the way it goes. Yeah. And you'll have this with your book too. The advice I always Mm -hmm. give to people is as long as friends are saying, how's it going? They don't have to listen to Mm -hmm. just say, oh, hey, how's the podcast going? How's the book going? When's the book coming out? It's not a promise to read it, review it and, you know, buy 20 copies and asking how are all of us going to deal with this? It's asking how the podcast is going doesn't mean they have to specifically reference an episode, Mm -hmm. but it it is nice to Mm -hmm. ask. And yeah. And I have a friend who um, has been a friend of mine since we moved here. So like 20 something years ago, she now lives in New Jersey, but we connected over the same types of things that I connected with Carolyn and Kristen over. We immediately connected over award shows and movies and celebrities and everything. And her and her husband are just super close friends of mine and my husband, and they listen to all the episodes. I will say something though, that is probably, you know, really honest for me to say here, but I know that there's probably people listening to this podcast on friendship that will relate to this, you know, at 50 years old, I mean, I'm 53 now, but at 50 years old, when I joined writing group and I had lived here for at the time, 20 years, I didn't have a really large group of close friends. My close friends are the um, people I went to college with. And that's still just a handful of people I keep in touch with. This friend I'm just talking about who now lives in New Jersey, but didn't even live here. I had a lot of acquaintances, um, a lot of people that I was good friends with when my kids were little and they were in dance class. So I was friends with those dance moms and we would certainly do things together or when they were in school. But when my kids grew up and graduated, they weren't people that I really stayed close with. 
you know, I don't know. Is that because I do like to stay at home more? Is it because we didn't have a lot in common? I don't know if it's the new girl insecurities I kept with me for so long that I always felt like I'm not going to ask anybody to go to lunch because everybody's going to say, why is she asking me to go to lunch? So, you know, at age 50, I didn't have a big group of close friends. The writing group changed all that. And again, I mean, coming full circle because I took a chance and because there was something like that available. So, you know, not to pander to you, Nina, but seriously, honestly, thank you. No, but thank you and Julie for creating something like that, because without that, my life would be wildly different right now. And again, full circle, you weren't going to writing group because you needed friends, right? Right. You were going there because this was something meaningful and important to you. It was about your own growth potential. Oh, this is the result, right? Yes. At the time I was um, heavily into my freelance writing. I thought this is a great idea. This is a great place to go and maybe try some new types of writing to get feedback from. And then even when I first started, I never thought I would be good friends with all of you. I just didn't. I just thought you guys have been friends for too long. I'm always going to be the new girl. No one's ever going to include me in anything. And it very quickly though changed. I'm so glad you brought up just the really honest feeling, which is really the context of this entire episode of feeling like you didn't have a lot of good friends Mm -hmm. at that time. And that's sort of my message is that it's never too late. And I like, you know, Kristen's point from the beginning to be thinking about the things that mean something to you that you enjoy and want to do. It can have a side benefit of making friends and probably will, but it can also be a valuable activity just because you're doing something for yourself. And oftentimes being true to your own interests or trying something for you could result in things you don't even Absolutely. you don't even know. Mm-hmm. I want to share a quote from from a friend of mine, a newer friend of mine actually, who I spoke to her about this episode before we recorded and she's probably 5 years older than I am and a little closer to your age, you guys. You know, I always laugh that like I'm the scary one, you know, quote she's unquote, the baby. but I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. She and I are newer friends and we've gotten pretty close and she actually lives not here. So it's a phone conversations we have. And I said, tell me about, you know, how it is for you making new friends at this stage. And she said something so well. I said, oh, let me write that down. She said, I enter friendships differently at this stage of life. I don't want friendships that force me to suppress who I am. I don't want any pretending. This is me. You get what you get. A friendship is an investment of time. If I'm going to take the time, it's going to be with my full self. And I want the same from a new friend. And that's what I think I've seen with the three of you, mm-hmm. I think I see it in our writing group and everybody's really 40 something plus, you know, probably I might be the youngest, I'm 45. So, I mean, people are just at these stages of, I think she said it really well. Like yeah. we're different than when you were sitting so with the perfect. dance moms. And yeah. you know what? yourself. Nina, mm-hmm. it's like, I told Carolyn and Kristen this once, right. You know, very quickly after we started the podcast um, and meeting together all the time, we just became like soul sisters. And I said to them, I love our friendship so much because for the first time in my whole life, I don't leave a conversation saying, oh, you know, you, you're driving home or after you, you know, turn off the Zoom or whatever, or leave lunch, you're like, oh, why, oh, Michelle, why did you say that? Or, oh, you talk too much. Or, you know, you're second guessing everything you said. And it was not the first time because I certainly have that small handful of friends that I feel my truly myself with. But most of the friends I'd had in my adult life, I always walked away feeling insecure. And it was the first time that I didn't. And then as time went on, that's how I feel with everyone in writing group too. And so what your friend said is so important. You start to find friends that you can shed your insecurities with, and that's everything. 
And that means that you change the things that you do with those friends as well. I was having a conversation with a friend recently who was really, and she's a little bit younger, and she was actually quite overburdened with her social life and Mm -hmm. the getting dressed up and the drying of the hair and the going to the fancy reservation and this, that, and the other thing. And I said, I just don't do that anymore. And she said, well, what do you do with your friends? I said, I do things that don't require me to brush my hair. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. That's what I'm doing. I'm meeting people for coffee. I'm going for walks. We're just getting together to look each other in the face and say, how are you doing? I know mm-hmm. things were really tough last week. Is it getting any better? And I don't have to brush my hair. I'm showing up as my real self 100% of the time. Not that I don't ever brush my but hair. Listen, but not to say we don't have fun. We have we a lot of fun. Yes. We do do fun things. Yeah. I know you do. Are you guys ready for the better friendship goal of the week? Let's do it. Ooh, oh, Yes. And it's really not for you three because you've already done this, but it's for our listeners. Advice that would have helped Michelle when she first came to the writing group. It's it's really good advice, I think. You worked through it, so you did a great job. But there's a psychologist and friendship researcher named Marissa Franco. If there's an article about friendship out there, she's quoted in it. In her research, she has seen that people who show up assuming that others are going to like them do a better job making friends. You, If you show up with the assumption, these people are going to like me, it just makes you act friendlier. It makes you naturally put a smile on your face because the opposite is also true. If you walk into a situation assuming that people aren't going to like you, you act a little bit shut off. Maybe you cross your arms. Maybe you're not smiling. And people read off of our body language. So the goal of the week is if you're going to show up to something new where you might make a new friend, or even if you're just coming to something like our writing class, let's say where it's because you're interested in it, it's not necessarily to make new friends, you still might have that benefit of making new friends if you come with the assumption that people like you. Mm -hmm. Let's assume people Mm -hmm. like us. Yeah, Ladies, I am so grateful that we got to see each other and our class has been on break for a while. So I miss seeing your faces. I can't wait for more people to just get to bask in your friendship and hear about, you know, how I was helpful to get you together. You know, I always like to get constant (laughs) accolades and credit. You're you're one of our fairy godmothers. That's right. Yes. So everybody go find the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then you can discover all three of our ladies, Michelle and Kristen and Carolyn, who all have interesting things going on and social media accounts. And you will find that all on ninabadzen.com, where I keep my show notes. And as I always say, if you have time to rate and review the show, that would be wonderful, but only if you liked it. (laughs) I copied that from Glennon. I I don't know if you guys have heard me say that. I copied that from Glennon. Glennon always says, if you didn't, that's okay. Thanks anyway. Keep on moving. (laughs) And come back in a couple weeks when our friendships are going well. We are happier all around. (laughs) 